This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier Reese. How you doing, Tom? Good. Doing good. well. Doing good. well. Good. Excited for this coming week. Looking forward to the Simple Truths Conference. Right. Saturday. Amen. Saturday from 9 to 3 o'clock. Right. We'll give everybody a lunch break. Right, right, right. And a lot of good opportunity to reflect upon important things we're dealing with. Yeah. If you're out there, make sure you come. Uh, Brad Dacus from the uh, uh, Pacific uh, Coast. Uh, Pacific Justice. Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, is going to give some uh, direction about the legality of... Um, that you have towards your employers and the schools and your kids. And so I would encourage you to come. Yeah, I'll bet a bunch of cultural stuff. Yeah. With us in the studio this morning, our production engineer, Jonathan Duran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 211, 211 on this beautiful Tuesday, September 28th. And also Pastor Henry's helping us with video today. Hello, everyone. <laughs> He's not <laughs> mic'd, you. but you might have heard him. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor Xavier, we're going to look at some important stuff today, actually. We, we went through and looked at a bunch of the characters in the book of Genesis and talked about those. And, you know, that stuff in Genesis is so foundational for our understanding, seeing the, the Lord work in the lives of all those people and gives us a perspective and understanding toward the Lord's hand upon our lives, things yeah. that we need to be able to assimilate. And we're going to take some time now and go through and look at the, the nature of God, the character of God, and his, specifically his attributes. Right. Why is it so important for us to understand those issues? Well, the attributes of God gives us the, uh, the abilities and nature and character of God in many different ways. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that cannot be answered directly through Scripture. In other words, there are some things that people always say, a universal question is, um, um, you know, I wonder, how is God going to judge the person that never heard the gospel? Right. Well, it, in the gospel, it tells us that he has sent his son and he, to die for everybody. Right. So the invitation is John 3.16. And even before that, if God made the plan of salvation and he sent the son and made provisions even before the time he was crucified, that all may be saved and could be saved if they repent, then the only right answer is that there has to be at least one opportunity before that person dies. Yeah. Whether we know where, how, or when, that's irrelevant. Amen. Knowing the nature of God, because if God allows one person not to hear the gospel, I don't need to know how he's going to hear it. Yeah. But I need to know that God will not allow anybody to die before he get an opportunity. Otherwise, he can't be good, he can't be just, he can't be loved. And so knowing the character of God, the nature of God, answers many of those questions that aren't clearly laid out in Scripture. Very important. That's awesome. And having a foundation, personally, I myself, I need to understand God's nature so that I can, as I'm reading through the Scriptures yeah. or I get asked those questions, yeah. I have a response. Right. What kind of details do we get from the Scripture about God's nature, Pastor X? Well, um, the nature of God is that He knows all things. We're going to look at some of that. Amen. And some things He's made very clearly revealed to us, but there's some secret things that we don't understand completely or maybe He never revealed. But it doesn't mean that we need them. 
So Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the, the things that God has revealed, we're responsible for, and the secret things of God belong to God. Amen. So in other words, he hasn't withheld, he hasn't withheld anything through his revelation that we need. He is not short of his revelation. Amen. He is not unjust in holding back something. What we have in the 66 books is all that we need completely. Amen. I imagine uh, looking at the scripture and understanding these things. It's great because, you know, you think about believers in time past. Yeah. There have been some really smart people who sure. have followed the Lord throughout the thousands yeah. of years between us. And they've done a lot of work. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of books out there that you can pre-digested for you right. where you can go through and look at, you know, the attributes of God. One of the things we learn is why the Lord does what he does, or at least we get scriptural background on it. Right, right. Well, you know, um, again, if you look at, if, if, when I came to the Lord in the early 70s, um, mm -hmm. you know, computers weren't in yet. Uh, so basically everybody did their study from um, biblical tools and commentaries, Amen. and you do your homework on their homework. And, um, but you look at some of these guys like Strong's Concordance um, um, or, or, or the lexicons and all that, and you see the incredible work that these guys did. Without, without computers. computers. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty awesome. Amazing. Pretty awesome. Naves Topical Smart, Bible. Naves Topical yeah. Bible. people. Yeah. Uh, we just sound smart because we have computers. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were smart. Amen. These were um, sharp guys. They're, they're sharp guys. Pastor X, how would we begin to divide the attributes of God. Are there different uh, divisions in the way that we look at them? Well, basically they're broken up into two categories, the natural or incommunicable attributes of God. Okay. These attributes are possessed by God alone. They are not imparted to the believer, such as om omnipotence, all-powerful, omnipresence, omniscience, foreknowledge, wisdom, eternal, infinite, immutable, sovereign, those belong to God alone. Amen. They're incommunicable. Then you have the moral or the communicable attributes of God. And these attributes God possesses also, but he imparts them to his children, those who are born again. Holiness, righteousness, faithfulness, mercy, grace, goodness, kindness, love, patience. All those he imparts to us. We can manifest those. That's part of our new divine nature that we're able to manifest. Now, the important thing is that we aren't forced to manifest those things. We have the capacity to manifest them. But if we walk in the flesh, we won't manifest them. Amen. See, you got to be careful because some people think that, you know, once you're a Christian and, um, you know, it's, it's automatic. Wouldn't that you know be I mean? nice? Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, uh, if, if somebody, if, if somehow I missed out cruise control, shame on me for the last 49 years. But um, man always has his will, yeah. which is a very difficult yes. thing because there's a great part of the church that doesn't believe that man has a free will of his own, that everything is done by the predetermined counsel of God yeah. for knowledge um, or predestination, um, but that God just sovereignly, and they use the word sovereign, very unbiblical, yeah. and that God can do what he wants. But uh, you can't do that. Uh, God cannot be partial to a small group and impartial to the larger group when both groups deserve hell. Yeah. It's impossible. If that were the case, I mean, God spends a lot of time in the scripture holding people accountable right. for things that are his fault. Right. 
So today, you know, we're going to make a start at looking at some of these attributes. We like to start off by looking at God's omnipotence. How right. would we define that, Pastor X? Uh, omnipotent means he is all-powerful. Okay. In the most simplest way to do it. Nothing um, uh, is impossible for him. Um, he created all things. Uh, nothing can oppose him, overcome him, thwart him in the power of God. In other words, there's no, com no one comparable or compared to him. Mm -hmm. He has always been. He, one of his attributes is eternal. He always has been. Everything that exists was created by him. So he's the source. We're the product. Mm -hmm. Everything you see around you, there's a big difference. So and, if you don't mind, so to say, you know, some people say, well, you know, the devil's the opposite of God, but he's not because no. he, God is all no, powerful. No, he's no, no, the power over yeah, Satan. The opposite of, uh, of Lucifer or Satan would be maybe Michael the archangel. Yeah. If right. he was an archangel. Right. Because That's he is great. a fallen angel. Yes. Uh, second to God, but he was created at one time, so he's not the opposite of God. No. In fact, there, I think by definition, there can't be any... Uh, opposite or contrary right. part right. to the Lord. He right. is absolutely unique. He's the only one. Yes. I create, I destroy. Amen. Yep. Now, omnipotence, all-powerful. Is there an effective way to break that down into smaller pieces so we can examine it? Um, well, he's efficient to fulfill everything he said. Okay. We might look at omnipotence in two ways. All-powerful to create and give life to all things. Uh, Paul the Apostle in 1 Timothy 6.16 says, who alone has immortality, dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor, everlasting power. Amen. Amen. So, I mean, there's, again, as we're saying, there, there's no likeness to him. There's yeah. no one equal to him. All power to meet the needs of the creation. He upholds all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1.3 says. Yeah. So he not only created out of nothing what is physically visible, and the protons, neutrons, electrons that are invisible. Everything. He has power to create it and to maintain it and sustain it. Amen. Stop and think about the planetary universe. Um, I mean, these things are flying around thousands of hundreds of miles Amen. an hour. And, um, and, and once in a while you get a meteorite, stuff like that, but everything's in order. Yeah, it's wild how the Lord protects us. From you that sort stuff. of spoke on this, Pastor Xavier, he did. right? On Sunday, on Sunday night. Yeah. Right. yeah. He talked about yeah. uh, how the Lord holds all things together yeah. by the power yeah. of his might. And, and a lot of interesting. Yeah. Uh, if that, that sounds fascinating. You might check in on Pastor Xavier's yeah. Sunday Bible study. It's kind of wild if that is the case in Revelation where, you know, like we're, you're talking about the Adam and if yeah. Jesus is, you know, all he's going to have to do is release it. it. It's kind of wild. He's so powerful. All he has to do is relax right. <laughs> for yeah. everything to melt, you yeah. know. Colon's law of electricity. All matter. All that. Yeah. yeah. You know. But, you know, God's omnipotence is infinite. Um, uh, as he is, I mean, it's it it, it never ends. It's part of him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's uh, it's all of his attributes are immutable. They don't increase. They don't decrease. Right. He just this. You go down the Pacific Ocean. You grab a five gallon bucket. Grab some water out of it. You just decrease the Pacific Ocean by five gallons. Amen. You take all the sins of the world that have been forgiven from the beginning of time to this morning right now. God's grace has not depleted one iota. 
Well, that was for me. In when I was in a senior in high school, I had to read the A. W. Tozer's "The Attributes of God," mm -hmm. and for me, that's what stuck out to me was that God doesn't just love, but He is love. You know, for right. example, right? You know, mm -hmm. that changed a lot for me. I know. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah forty verse twenty-eight says, um, "Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. He understands it and is unsearchable." Amen. Paul speaks of the, about yeah. the eternal power. Again, Colossians 1.17, he holds all things together completely. There's, I mean, no doubt, plenty of references in the scripture as to uh, the unlimited nature of God and the way that it works. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, his omnipotence is unlimited. Right. Without obstacles again. Um, God told Abraham... Um, is anything too hard for the Lord in regards to both the birth of Isaac, as you know, in Genesis 8? Mm -hmm. No, nothing's impossible. All the, um, the wives of the patriarchs were all barren. They had to intercede for them. Uh, Jeremiah says the same thing as he's uh, purchased the field of his uncle in Anathoth, and, and uh, he did that, and then he gets thrown in, in jail, and he starts doubting, and, and, and God comes to him, and he says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, is there anything too hard or difficult for me? Jeremiah 32, 29. Those rhetorical questions have only one correct answer. No. Amen. No. And so um, there's, there's nothing that can thwart or limit him. Um, that's important. Uh, Paul prayed to the Ephesians in Ephesians 1, 19 to 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty uh, which he works in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers that he might, uh, might and domain in every name that is named, not only in this age but the age to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things, the church, which is the body of the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. And so he has, he has, he has control of everything. Now, we got to be careful when we say he has control of everything and his power is not limited or can be thwarted. Mm -hmm. You have to allow the, the, the God's provisions to give man a free will to make yeah. decisions. Yeah. So in other words, God does not force anybody to go to heaven or to hell. God doesn't twist the arm of a person to do what he wants them to do. Yet God knows what they're going to do. So yes. this is why we get all messed up as human beings. Mm -hmm. And so I can't understand how that could be, and, and, and I may even conclude that it's not fair or just, but that's from the human perspective. Yeah. He lives outside of my time domain. He is absolutely perfect in every way, and so he always allows man. You know, again, whenever you run into this kind of problem, the best thing to do is always to go back to the garden. They're in the garden. Adam and Eve are unfallen. Right. They right. have no sin nature. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. They've heard about how bad it could be, and there's death, but that's only worse Yeah. intellectually. Now, they would understand a lot better than we do now because they're not falling yet, okay? But God gave them a free will. Yes. They didn't have a sin nature, but they had the potential to exercise their will and when they did, that brought about sin 
and death. After the fall, they had no choice now. They had to acknowledge their sin, repent from their sin, and ask forgiveness of their sin, and then God restored them. Yes, reconciled them. Fellowship. So, let's go back to the garden. If Adam and Eve had a free will before they had sin nature, how much more do we in the sin nature? Yeah. Otherwise, God would be unjust. Amen. You know, Pastor X, Jesus in, uh, in John chapter 8 says that whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. Do you think that in the passage of time, we believe that every person has a, a free will to make decisions, no. to follow God, to not follow God, to do whatever evil or good they choose to do. Do you believe that a person who um, actually... Uh, they establish their life in, in the conduct of evil. Yeah. That over a, the passage of time, they lose the ability to choose otherwise? Sure, sure. I mean, every, every person who's lived for any set amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, um, perfect example, you know, you and I were in the world for many, many years. Amen. And as we were growing up and, you know, we started grammar school, you know, and you always had the kid that's always looking for trouble and that. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, you know, when I grew up in the in the early 60s, the 60s uh, you know, society wasn't as bad. No. But then you move on to junior high school and then you get a little more, you know, troublemaking. And then high school and you see the progression of sin and once you start getting involved in certain things, there's a progression towards your hardness of heart and evil. Mm -hmm. And what used to bother you the first time you did it doesn't bother you as much the second time or yeah. the third time or the fourth time. It's like drugs, you know. Everybody says, "Oh, I just I just smoke marijuana." Well, marijuana leads to many other things. Yeah, it does. Okay, and if it doesn't, it'll still mess up your brain. Yeah. Okay, so nothing stays static in this world, and so there's a progression, but it's always downward when it comes to sin. Amen. And the heart gets hard because the problem is the heart, not the brains. It's the heart that's evil. Definitely it's the wonderful up. thing about children. They're, yeah. they're open. Yeah. You know? yeah. Pastor X, if you had to pick, what would you think is maybe the great example of God's all-powerfulness, his omnipotence in the scripture? Um, that he created everything. Amen. I mean, from nothing. He just said, it said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You have the proclamation of Genesis 1-1. Then you have the condition of the earth prior to the creation. Mm-hmm. And the earth was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God brooded, hovered over the waters. And then it gives you the process of time. The first day, second day, third day, and everything. So you have the proclamation, the condition prior to the creation, and the process of creation. He gives you the lay down. Pretty amazing. Out of nothing, borrow. Yeah. He spoke it into being. That's the greatest attribute. In one sentence, God creates space, matter, and time. That's yeah. it. Everything. Yeah. In the beginning, God creates that. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. And then, of course, after the creation, God omnipotence is involved in the function sure. of the universe. He maintains it. He sustains it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Should we think that his power extends beyond the physical world, Pastor X? Um, well, God is spirit. Right. The world, as we know, has a physical aspect to it. Mm -hmm. But um, God doesn't have eyes. He doesn't have nose, doesn't have hands, though he's described the hand of the Lord, uh, called anthropomorphic terms, so that we can understand what God is doing. But um, um, he, he is 
beyond everything. He deals with the spiritual, with the spiritual aspect is the real us. Um, the real us is spiritual. Uh, our spirit is, when we're not Christians, we're dead in trespass and sins. Amen. So we're alive physically. We, we, you know, we go to a ball game, we go to a party, we go to sleep, we get up, we eat, we're alive. But spiritually, we're dead. Yeah. We're unaware of the true existence of who God is, what He has done for us, and our need of repentance. All of that comes through the preaching of the gospel. Yeah. When the preaching of the gospel, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And so when people hear the gospel, as I did, you did, and many others, then God's Holy Spirit illuminates that message to become clear and alive and bring conviction to my heart that I am a sinner in need of salvation. Now, I have a responsibility now, an ability, having that clear understanding. Do I want to remain like I am, or do I want to do something about it that the gospel says he can do? Forgive me and transform my life. I make that decision. Amen. God does not force anybody. I don't accept the Lord because he predestined me by force. The predestination of God is always according to the foreknowledge, 1 Peter. Yeah, one, that's two. what it says. According to foreknowledge. So in other words, God looks down the road. He knows who's going to accept him. And so why would God choose, try to choose somebody that would, he knows is going to reject him? Yeah. Now, we've said God's all-powerful. No one can reject him. No one can oppose him. But in salvation, he gives you that choice. Because if he violates your free will, then he couldn't be good. And not only that, you just it, it like loses significance. Sure. sure. You know, if, if this is something I had to do, I had to become a Christian, right. Right. then what right. is my obedience to God worth? But my decision is not works like many Calvinists teach. Right. No. My choosing is not works. No. Doesn't make me deserve it. That choosing is the result, the ability to choose is the result of the illumination and conviction of the Spirit of God that comes through the preaching of the gospel. Amen. So God is the source of that. God always initiates. We respond. Very, very important. So God's power, you know, can operates in the supernatural world. He can create. He can make things happen. Does he use that same power to keep things from happening? He can. Okay. Whatever he wants. Right. Um, you know, uh, when we say his omnipotence is irresistible, uh -huh. we're talking about when God has declared to bring judgment on someone or God says he's going to do something. But when he says something prophetically, it's because he knows all the outcome and all the things involved, and then he can declare it. Amen. So in other words... Let's take Judas Iscariot. We've used that many, many times. God declared that a man would betray his son. Yeah. We know it's Judas Iscariot. Right. Uh, prophetic in the Psalms and prophets. Um, now, God didn't predestine Judas, did not force him to betray the son. No. Otherwise, God would be unfair to judge Judas Iscariot. Yeah and saying it'd be better he'd never been born if God predestined him by force to betray his son. But if he, 
predestined according to his foreknowledge. That means he knows what Judas was going to do, mm -hmm. and he declares it before it happens. So when it happens, you know that he's God who said that. Yes. So God does not, you cannot blame God for the good or the evil by, that people do. Well, we think on the one hand, the good that people do, we like to think the Lord inspires the hearts of men sure. and women and gives but them direction. But again, that's the obedience and God knows about yes. that. Yeah. But God's not the author of the evil. No. Because no. if you believe that nothing can happen apart from God, and they usually call it the decrees of God, right? then God is responsible for every rape. Yeah. He's for the, every murder. He's the author of sin. For every war. Yeah. And every one of them. Every Calvinist, you read their books, they will tell mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. God predestined the fall of Adam. In other words, Adam had no choice. That's blasphemous. Yeah. No, and then God right. punishes him? Yeah. Absolutely blasphemous. Some smart people say some stupid things. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, this is why... Uh, I guess the Apostle Paul doesn't want us relying on, on the wisdom of man, yeah. but on the power of God. Hey, Pastor X, because we're part of the created universe, we've got a very different perspective on the Lord's activity. We see, uh, for instance, natural laws. The, we see those things as fixed, as you know, just part of the world. They're not going to change. God's perspective has got to be very different from that. Yeah, God's omnipotence works to defy the laws of nature. Okay. We should call that a miracle. Yeah. In other words, God causes the suspension of that law, like gravity. If I throw a Bible or a book out or an object, it's, it's law of gravity is going to go to the ground. Yeah. But a miracle would be to throw that object out there, and it wouldn't. It'd float. That would be a miracle. Now, it can be sourced in God if he chooses to do so, or Satan the occult. You have many um, of necromancers, soothsayers, uh, different things. Uh, magicians are just tricksters. Right. But there are some that associate with demons. There's some spiritual power there. Just like paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Because God is, Satan is the God of this world. And so he deceives the nations. So um, God's omnipotence uh, he can suspend any, any, any law. You know, we have many times the Red Sea. You have uh, Nahum, the leper that went out to be cleansed, yeah. you know, to dip himself. You know, he was uh, kind of upset and offended that Elijah said, you know, just go dip yourself in the muddy Jordan. You know, hey, there's a far, far and everything else. There are better rivers. What do I want down here? And the servant said, hey, listen, you came this far. What the heck? Hmm. Go out there and dunk yourself. Why it doesn't, not? If it doesn't Give it work, a try. we go back home. Amen. He goes out there. He got cleansed. Right? And his attitude changed right. pretty oh, yeah. dramatically. <laughs> a miracle. Jesus turns water into wine. He walks on water. He raises the dead. Amen. He heals the blind, the deaf, mm -hmm. and the dumb. Mm -hmm. Even the dumb mentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he does that too. It's kind of interesting though, like in Exodus, you mentioned the Red Sea. You know, when Moses performs these miracles and the magicians, all they could do really was imitate it, right? Right, I right. Mean, well, Satan can, can, can duplicate in many different ways. Right. And again, he is the god of this world, um, but he's a squatter. The, the world does not belong to him. Yeah. And yet he is uh, the prince of the power of the air, so he has a delegated authority through the fall. Um, god gave domain to Adam and Eve. They thwarted the domain, mm -hmm. that power. Mm -hmm. 
that authority to rule over the earth. Mm -hmm. So they forfeited that domain. You have the fallenness, you have sin, you have death, you have evil. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Pastor X, because we, we hang out with the church a lot. We're always talking to people, we're always praying for people. And every once in a while, we see God do something miraculous yeah. in the life of a person. You know, I, I would love to say we see people get healed every day. You know, yeah. but for me, that's not the case. But right. every once in a while, we do see it. We see God heal. pray for yeah. somebody and God yeah. actually will heal them miraculously. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Sure. And that's again, he's sovereign. Yeah. Um, many people ask, well, why do some people get healed and others not? He's sovereign. I know, I don't you, know why. you prayed for your dad yeah. before he was a believer right. and God healed him. Right. right. He went to Rancho Los Amigos. He had a... Um, uh, a big hole in his liver, mm -hmm. and uh, God healed that hole Amen. as a non-believer. Yeah, yeah. And he came to the Lord Interesting. years yeah. afterwards. Well, he came as part of God's so plan here. He God, came to faith. God is sovereign. He yes. does as he wills. Amen. You know, we can't say, Lord, you can't heal that guy. He's a pagan. <laughs> what do you mean he can't heal? Yeah, yeah. you don't want to get in the habit of telling the, God what the, he can't the, do. <laughs> the, the, the physical healing is not the most important. No, no, no. The most important yeah. is that we be spiritually healed. We repent. Um, you get healed from cancer or whatever here and you live 10 more years, you're still going to die. If you're not saved, you go to hell. Yeah. So the healing really doesn't matter. It just gives you 10,000 more miles. That's it. That's it. I don't know if this is a small miracle or not, but last week I had to go to the dentist. I had a, a small cavity and I went in and uh -huh. he sits me down and the cavity was gone. <laughs> and the guy goes, well, wow, we don't have any work to do. So. Yeah. That's pretty I don't know. Who knows? Or maybe know. it was just a bad x-ray. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe that. <laughs> good, good day for you. It was. It was. I was a little concerned. Amen. You know? if, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. We're talking about the attributes of God with Pastor Xavier today. We'll be right back with you after these messages. Coming to Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, the Simple Truths Conference. Hi, this is Pastor Xavier. We want to invite you to our Simple Truths Conference on October the 2nd. It's going to start at 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And the topic is going to be the present political conflict in America. Our guest speaker is going to be Brad Dacus for the Pacific Justice. And then I'm going to finish up with a prophetic message to see where we are in terms of the prophetic calendar in the Bible. No man knows the day of the hour, but we can see the summer is nigh. And so we invite you. Join us on Saturday, October 2nd from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. to explore our objective as believers in the present political conflict in America. Featuring special guest speaker Brad Dacus of the Pacific Justice Institute. There's no charge, but an optional catered lunch will be available from the Habit Grill for $12. For more information, visit CalvaryChapelPasadena.com for the Simple Truths Conference 2021, The Present Political Conflict in America, Saturday, October 2nd. Or hear the conference broadcast live on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. It's going to be a great time. God bless you. Pastor Xavier Reese with The Simple Truth. Listen to Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take the waters of life freely. You are not forced to go to heaven. You have all the right to go to hell. But you really don't have to go there. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese on the annual Simple Truths Conference. Yeah, we get together and concentrate just on the need that's going on for the day, whatever people are going through, or the thing at large in the culture that just equip the saints. And now these messages are available in a flash drive. 
It's an audio collection drawing from past Simple Truths conferences held at Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Included are well over 50 audio messages covering a variety of conference themes, such as the Second Coming, the Emerging Church Movement, Spiritual Discernment, and so many more taught by Pastor Xavier Reese and many other prominent guest speakers. It's the Simple Truths Conference's USB flash drive, available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Get hours of teachings on relevant topics concerning the church today, compiled on one convenient PC-Mac-compatible reusable flash drive. That's the Simple Truths Conference's USB flash drive. Look for it in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here to Keep It Simple. Today we're spending some time talking about the attributes of God, but before we get back to that, we are busy around here this week. We've got a lot going on. We're preparing for our annual Simple Truths Conference. We didn't get to do this last year. Uh, no, no. Unfortunately, they, because uh, of COVID, they bombed us out because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so we're really kind of excited to yeah. see who's going to show up, and yes. and excited to have Brad Dacus out here from right. Pacific Justice, yeah. because uh, he's got he's, Brad is an attorney, and he has a, a unique perspective. He's also a really awesome believer, and is you know functional in the things of the Lord. I know. Recently, we've been talking to him and to the people at Pacific Justice regularly because there are a lot of people in the community yeah. that are struggling with this whole issue of uh, vaccination mandates. Right. And there, I know out there listening to us today, there are people who are concerned about losing their jobs and uh, how to interact. And, you know, the federal law allows for people to have yeah. uh, an, an exemption. Religious exemption the, and, the, and medical. The, the employer itself should have a a piece of paper, a document yeah. that allows that. It's Amen. a constitutional right. Yeah, it's not a special privilege. Um, it's mm -hmm. civil rights. Right. It's part of the civil right law. That's right. Yeah. We're not making this up. We're not pulling out of the Bible. It's civil right law. Yeah. That right. you cannot be forced to take an experimental drug, um, things that are going to be harmful to your body. And again, there's uh, aborted tissue in that shot, everything else. We believe life begins at conception. Amen. And so um, there, that exemption is there yeah. by the civil law. Yeah. And so with that in mind, you know, we're really grateful to have Brad Dacus yeah. come out and yeah. to talk to people. And he's going to talk about other stuff too, right. parental rights. Uh, it's just kind of amazing to me how schools have come apart in the U.S., Pastor X. Sure. Because sure. for, I mean, many years, we really believed we had the best school system in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, when they left the three R's in the 60s, it started going down. Yeah. Uh, certainly in 1962, when they removed uh, prayer from school, yeah. the SAT started plummeting. And it's been progressive ever since. And they moved into the whole uh, indoctrination and propaganda and um, save the world, love the animals, and hate people. Yeah. Um, they flipped it. Yeah. Um, the Trojan Horse to America. That's the bottom line. Public school education universities. Really is. Yeah. So Brad will be doing three sessions, correct? Right. Yeah. On Saturday, yeah. and Pastor Xavier mm -hmm. will do finish it off with a prophecy message. Yeah. yeah. That'll be good. Starting at 9 a.m., right? 9 to 3. And now, what about, John, if people are not able to make it to Pasadena? Yeah, if you're not Saturday. able to make it, if you're not local, we are going to be broadcasting it online, 
calvarychapelpasadena.com and also on rumble.com. Look for our channel, Calvary Chapel Pasadena, and it'll be there as well. We're not going to be streaming it on YouTube or Facebook for obvious reasons, you know, a lot of the subject matter. Uh, so, yeah, tune in and also Simple Truths Radio as well. You can go on the church app or the Simple Truths Radio so app. So people can just listen to the audio. They can listen to the yeah. audio, and it's going to be, like we said, uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're out elsewhere in the country, it's Pacific Standard Time. Amen. Yeah, it'll Amen. be great. And we'll see, uh, we'll see the power of God revealed yeah, <laughs> as we're talking about Amen. omnipotence here. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Pastor X, the Lord identifies himself in his attributes uh, and because, and I mean, by definition, the, these first set of attributes that you right. spoke of, these are things nobody else can do. Right. Only right. the Lord. Yeah. Um, Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, um, um, he used the phrase God Almighty mm. in the New Testament. It appears nine times, and the first time it appears is in reference to being unequally yoked, separating oneself, and God will be our Father, and we are sons and daughters. Amen. And so he is God Almighty. So he's able to have us break with the world. He's powerful enough to give us the divine nature to be able to desire to please him, to obey, to walk, to distinguish between light and darkness, good and evil. And that's the power of God. Um, and it's imparted to the believer, again, Second Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 3 through 4. It's given us a divine nature that we might escape the corruption of this world through lust. And so we are able, we can escape this corruption. Um, only a Christian can do that. Now, man, even though he's not a Christian, or prior to being a Christian, man does have the ability of being moral. Yeah. Anymoral. Mm -hmm. Ethical. Unethical. And they have conscience. Right. You have a conscience from creation, conscience, and history. Man's without excuse, the Bible yeah. says. Yeah. But if we live in a society that doesn't have morals or ethics in the mainstream, then the majority of people are going to be corrupt, yeah. as we see today. There was a time, even, even in the 60s, where you had the sexual revolution, the outbreak and all that, and that was a bad time. Um, and, and yet there was a sense of morality prior to that. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit of time it kept waning. Uh, so when a society is moral and ethical, and it's usually because of, they follow the Christian Judeo ethic and the Bible. Amen. And the God of the Bible. Uh, you do not get morality and ethics from the Quran. Well, you're certainly or, not or in Afghanistan. No, no. Um, <laughs> you get it from the Bible. Amen. You believe in God. If you believe in God, then you believe that he hears, sees everything, and that one day you're going to have to give an account to him. Amen. That's a great, powerful incentive to live the way you're supposed to or to do the right thing. And so we do have the ability to do good things before we were born again. We did some nice things for people. We were kind. We opened the door for somebody, whatever. We helped people. But our, 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 our bent was towards evil, darkness, sin nature. Once we're born again... Now, we still have the same capacity, but we have a greater capacity to overcome the evil. Yeah. Now, we have a new heart. God changes our life. We have new priorities, new desires to please yeah. God. You know, thinking on these things is a little bit intimidating. It's hard, you know, to, I mean, really characterize God's ability because it's so, so beyond yeah. anything human. Yeah. yeah. That's hard for us. Yeah. Well, the, the sun is like a vast hydrogen bomb has been said burning slowly. Every second, four million tons of hydrogen are destroyed in explosions which start somewhere near the core. 
where the temperature is 12 million degrees centigrade. More energy than any has used, than man has used since the dawn of civilization is radiated by this normal star. In a second, Amazing. in a second. The Earth's entire oil, coal, and wood reserves would fuel the sun's energy output to the Earth on, alone for only a few days. Tongues of hydrogen flame lap from the sun's surface with the force of 1,000 million hydrogen bombs. They are forced up by the enormous uh, thermonuclear explosion at the core of the sun where 564 million tons of hydrogen fuse to form helium. Material at the core of the sun is so hot that a pinhead of it would give off enough heat to kill a man a million miles away. That's crazy. It's just wild. And remember, he created that. Yes. So he's <laughs> much more powerful than what he created. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So God is all-powerful. And that's just, I mean, that's really just the beginning. There are a lot yeah. of other attributes. And one of the things we want to look at, you know, we'll see if we can get into it today, is the fact that God is omnipresent. This is a very different kind of issue. Right. How would we describe that? God's present everywhere at the same time. Okay. Something that people just say, well, how can that be? Well, because he's God. It's simple. <laughs> he's everywhere at the same time. He's not limited by space or matter or time. He lives outside of man's time domain and even is present and invades the time of man's domain and time. Uh, he lives in eternity. Yeah. Uh, we live in a linear chronological time that is measured by past, present, and future, by uh, seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, yeah. and years, decades, centuries, so on and so forth. I mean, there are some aspects of that that you can kind of relate to or you can sure. get some understanding of, but it, it really is, it's tough. Right. It's yeah. tough to wrap your head around. Now, in contrast, is is Satan, is he not omnipresent? No. He's not, right? He's not. Right. He's not any of those things. Yeah. Right. Not, none of the attributes that are uh, com uh, non-communicable does he have, none mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Nor uh, anybody else. Nor right. anybody else. Right, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, this is interesting because it references, the references in scripture to people, I mean, there are some people actually that want to hide themselves from the Lord. I, I was thinking about Jonah. Yeah. He's trying to yeah. escape from right, the presence right. of the Lord. Yeah. Which obviously, there was a little theological disconnect yeah. for Jonah. He didn't really understand what was going on. Right, right. One thing, he can run away from God. You can't. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 23, 24 says, uh, um, I am a God near at hand, says the Lord Yahweh, and not a God afar off. Can anyone hide himself in the secret place so I shall not see him? Rhetorical question. No, no. says the Lord Yahweh. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? Yes, everything. And so Paul preached at Athens. He says, in him we live and move and have our being in Acts 17, 28. Mm -hmm. God is everywhere, everywhere. Um, Paul said to the Romans, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. 
That is the word of faith which we preach, Romans 10, 6 through 8. Amen. So he's everywhere. And this is an important concept, I think, especially for us as believers, because, you know, I, I'm not, wherever I go, the Lord's there. Right. I'm, a, I'm directly accountable to him every moment right. of every day. And I need to be mindful of that. It yeah. needs to be in my yeah. head. And that's why Christians live differently. It doesn't yeah. mean that Christians don't, don't uh, even sin on purpose at times. It doesn't mean that they're not aware of it. They, they live in this human world, and when we get caught up with the things of the world, when we get our eyes on ourselves, then we kind of don't have our eyes and our thoughts on God. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it's like a, a child, you know, as long as the parent is present, they obey. But remove the parent. Let's see what happens with the child. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. No different. You, you must have spent a lot of time around my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Pastor X, as you deal with, like, for instance, traditional religion, um, and you talk to people from denominations, and people who are, their culture is kind of Christian. From time to time, you get the impression that they understand the Lord to be far away in heaven. Right, right. And I don't know if they really understand that, but it kind of comes across that way. Yeah. Well, again, the religious aspect, the person uh, has a concept of God that's been um, developed by man. Yeah. It may have some biblical source, but it's tweaked. It's just like uh, the, the beginning of creation. Adam, Eve, and everybody in, in the first generation there, they all knew there was only one God. They all knew that he created everything. They all knew about Cain and Abel. They all knew they had to repent. But as the world moved away further and further, it became further removed from God, and then they'd start rationalizing yeah. the fact that God exists, making up their own religion. You end up with the Tower of Babel. Right. So the Bible says that man began with an understanding of a monotheistic faith, one God. Mm -hmm. And then it moved into polytheism, many gods, paganism, rebelling against God. If you go to the universities, anthropology will teach you that man began with many gods and refined into one God. Just mm -hmm. the opposite. Yeah. Because they contradict the word of God. That's the heart of man. It's evil. It's amazing. Wild. And so, um, in, in, in Psalm 139, 7 through 12 says, uh, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall, be, shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Amen. Wow. Psalm 139, 7 through 12. That's yeah. awesome. So, you know, there, there's nothing. Nothing that uh, obscures God, limits God, thwarts God. Nothing beyond God to understand, to deal with, to handle, to be more powerful. He just is. Hell is naked before him, and destruction has no covering. Job 26 success. Amazing. You understand, I understand how people can look at the world and the corrupt nature. Because the world is corrupted. Right. It's a mess. And uh, 
I mean, I talk to people all the time who are just kind of overwhelmed with the absence of justice. Yeah. The mm -hmm. fact that uh, good people suffer mm -hmm. all the time. S children, small yeah. children suffer in this world all the time. And how difficult it is as us as people to reconcile that in our minds that God's here sure. and yet he does allow these evil things yeah. to yeah. take place. Yeah, and many people have a hard time with that. Oh, yeah. They say, if there's a God, why does he allow this? Mm -hmm. Well, they, they don't realize that this world is not what God intended. Amen. This world is uh, some total of the rebellion of Adam and every man after that yeah. to the present time. The sin nature is in the world. And God has laid out a plan for man's redemption, a set time. Uh, we believe we're getting close to the Lord removing his church. Amen. We believe that seven-year tribulation is coming. We believe the Antichrist very possibly is alive today. Mm -hmm. The way we see things going. As we see this globalism trying to impose its, uh, its mindset, its will, its uh, plan upon every citizen of every nation. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, a great struggle right now. Uh, many nations, Australia is rebelling right now. Yeah. Uh, you have um, Brazil, uh, people in Italy, uh, people in America are getting pretty fed up. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a crazy world. Yeah, crazy world to say to say the least. But the interesting thing, you know, is that the Lord is present with us. That yes. He's here. He never leaves. Mm -hmm. um, God being everywhere. He's He's with believers, and and He's also present, or at least certainly He's with. Or around non-believers, how would we characterize the difference in that, Pastor X? Well, the difference is that we're very aware that God's present. Okay. Where the non-believer does not. Mm -hmm. Now, the believer, the non-believer can be religious and believe in God, in a God, in a concept about God that he's formulated by his religion or beliefs, but we get our beliefs about God from his revelation of himself. Yeah, from the scripture. From the scriptures. Amen. So, when we're born again, we, we hold the truth. Okay? In other words, um, we can take the example of the, uh, of the vaccine. Okay. Okay? It's not a vaccine. No. If it was a true vaccine, you wouldn't get the disease. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, when you have accurate truth about God, you're okay. Amen. You're safe. Yeah. When you have a distorted view, you say you know God, but you don't know God, it's not a true vaccine. No. The only vaccine for sin is to be born again. Yes. To respond according to the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you have Simple. corrupted information, you yeah. go around lighting candles to Absolutely. statues. Absolutely. And doing all kinds of crazy things that sure. the scripture doesn't encourage. What about the Holy Spirit being with believers, Pastor X? Well, as you know, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes in our body. Right. An interesting thing in the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament believers did not have the Spirit of God in their body as the New Testament. Amen. So you had the Spirit of God coming across people for special calling and abilities, like a king, a priest, um, prophet, uh, prophet yeah. uh, a holy ab abbey for the tabernacle, stuff like that. Uh, but in the New Testament, when people are born again, the Spirit of God comes in our body. And as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now, uh, Jesus spoke to the disciples in John 14, 15, and 16. And he spoke completely about the Holy Spirit, called the Pericolel, 
the one to come alongside. Um, that it was necessary for him to leave and return to the Father. If he didn't leave, the Holy Spirit could not come. And so he says that they would be sad right now, but they would, their sadness would turn into joy. And so, but if you read the whole aspect of chapter 14, 15, and 16, yeah. it says that the Holy Spirit is in you, Jesus is in you, and the Father is in you. All three, it's a crowded place in there. <laughs> but the three are divided into the three aspects of the redeemed plan. Okay. The Father gave, gave the plan, Jesus is the channel, and the Holy Spirit is the agent. It's the best way to define it. And the Holy Spirit illuminates us, convicts us, empowers us, and guides us. Jesus is the one that made this all possible. Amen. The Father revealed it to us. And so all three, one God in three persons, three different functions for the redemption of man. It's interesting, you know, in Malachi 3, the Lord says, I'm the Lord, I don't change. Right. And he, he obviously he doesn't. Right. But certainly that, the way that the Spirit works in the lives of God's people changes really dramatically right. after Christ's sacrifice on the yeah. cross. Yeah. That's a big deal. In other words, he never changes. God is holy. Mm -hmm. That aspect, that attribute of God, holiness, cannot allow him to change. Amen. Everything he does has to be absolutely perfect, pure, righteous, fair, just. He's holy. Yeah. He never changes. So he will deal with man according to his holiness. If someone acknowledges their sin and repents, then God saves them. If someone rejects the revelation that they are sinners and need salvation, then God condemns them. Yeah. Because His holiness demands it. His, his holiness demands His wrath and justice, and His wrath demands His holiness and justice. It's it interesting. Change. Yeah, because all of those attributes, so, right. they're all interrelated. Right, right. They're all interdependent yeah. on one so another. So really, God doesn't change. It's man that changes. Yes. He calls man That's to right. change, yeah. uh, to change your mind, to turn around 180 degrees. He's holy. He says, if, I, if, if you come near me, you're a sinner. I'll consume you. But if you ask forgiveness, then I can have fellowship with you. So the change comes in man, mm -hmm. not in God. God never changes. Amen. Kind of funny, people say, oh, I found God, but I mean, right, we're the right, ones right. who are found. Yeah. yeah, he was never lost. <laughs> he was never lost. We were, right? <laughs> yeah. Interesting, too, when we look at the person of Jesus, the incarnation, Pastor X, because, I mean, if you, we, on the one hand, we define God according to his attributes, but we find a bunch of these attributes are things that Jesus did not possess during the incarnation. Right. He limited himself for right. a set time. That's important. To be present everywhere at the same time. Yeah. He could only be in Bethlehem if he was in Bethlehem. That's it. Now, after the resurrection, he zipped around, yeah. but he had a glorified body. Okay? So he limited himself for a set time, even in his omniscience. Yes. There were things he didn't okay? know. He says only the Father knows. Right. Okay? So he did that for the incarnation. Um, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and God was the Word. And then verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, the incarnation. Right. Um, he emptied Himself, uh, Philippians 2, 5 on down to 11, um, not of His deity, but His glory. Okay. He divested Himself of His glory. 
He left his throne. He took on human flesh to manifest himself. Even that tabernacle, that flesh, was to cover his epitome of holiness right. that would consume man so that man could walk with him on earth. And so he emptied himself of his glory, never of his deity. He was the God-man. Would it, I mean, it's kind of speculation, but would it be right to say that it would be impossible for Jesus to have those attributes in a human body? Is that reasonable? Well, again, he limited himself for that set time because he had to take on flesh. The book of Hebrews right. says he had to become like his brethren. Right. So in other words, he is called the last Adam. Mm -hmm. So the first Adam blew it. Yeah. Sin and death came through him. The last Adam redeemed us. He came to demonstrate that the first Adam did not have to fail, but chose to fail. Yeah. The last Adam would not fail. But you have to ask the question, could have Jesus failed? Well, if Jesus didn't have a capacity to fail, then there really wasn't no test. Yeah. He came exactly as the first Adam. Did the first Adam have a possibility of failing? Absolutely. He did. He failed. Then Jesus had to be exactly the same way. Otherwise, God deceived us in the testing of Jesus in the wilderness. Pretty heavy. Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah. God is, so we recognize that the Lord is all-powerful. Right. He's omnipotent. He, he can do almost anything. We say almost because yeah. he tells us the limitations to his power. Yeah. He, he can't lie. Yeah, he limits himself. Yes. He limits himself. A man does not limit him. Situations, circumstances, nothing limits God. But he chooses to limit himself at times for the purpose of always salvation. Amen. Always to bring about his purposes for the good of man. Um, um, it, it also says in the, in the scriptures, and they repented God. Yeah. Again, we're using human language right. to describe the actions yeah. of God. Because he didn't change. Right, he didn't change. Yeah. But he repented when man repented. He changed because man changed, as I just gave that mm -hmm. illustration. Mm -hmm. He's consistent. If that man doesn't repent, then the wrath of God falls upon him. Amen. If he does repent, the wrath of God does not fall upon him. Did God change his mind? No, the man changes his mind. Yeah. God is still holy. Amen. And so his attributes dictate his character and his nature. So God is all-powerful and he is omnipresent. He's everywhere yep. all the time. And next week, as the Lord opens the door, we'll, we'll spend some time looking at right. that God is omniscient, that he yes, knows everything. Yes, we'll look into that. And some of you are out there, and you know, maybe the, a lot of this stuff, you say, who cares? Well, <laughs> you, need, you need to understand who God is, the God you serve. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, he loves you, he died for you, call upon his name. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Fill me with your spirit. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. If you mean that, he will cleanse you, bury your sin in the deepest ocean, and he will make you a son or a daughter of God. That's his promise to grace. And so many of us have experienced that by the grace of God, and we pray that the word of God as it goes forth, that you open your heart to it. And those of you who are Christians, grow in the knowledge of Christ. Make sure you go to church and be the church. Make sure you're growing. Make sure you're meeting together. Don't go to church sporadically. You make sure that you are growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so once again, keep it simple. Lord bless you. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. 
We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.